بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد الأنبياء والمرسلين نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين Last time we talked about the roles of the father And now inshallah ta'ala we will talk about the roles of the mothers Role number one You are the interior minister You and the authority structure of the family are the minister to the commander of believers. You are a high officer in this institution called home entrusted with the management of the family. So do not try to take the role of the commander of believers. Do not compete with your husband for this role but cooperate. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created both men and women with different psychology, talents, and emotions. God designed men to do some things well. And God designed women to do many things well. And Both of them have to work together to produce the desired result. And it's amazing how women are very talented in multitasking. They can be feeding the child, watching a meal, and supervising another child all at the same time. And they can do this multitasking, and they have this multitasking abilities. Where men, they can do one thing, if another thing comes to them, they get so distracted, and they cannot do that. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala designed men and women differently. Men can do some things well, and women can do other things well. But both of them must work together to produce the desired result and that is to have adults who take Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa as their role model. The mother is responsible for gathering intelligence about her children. It does not mean she spies on them, but gather intelligence in order to know what the child likes to do and what he does not like to do, what he likes and what he likes not, where he goes, who are his friends, what are his hopes and aspirations. Remember, this information is very important to adopt effective rules and regulations and suitable positive and negative reinforcements. The mother should not at any time work in opposition of the father. She should not cover up the mistakes of the children, nor should she help the children break the rules. The father and the mother should work together as a team. When the father adopts a rule, the mother should make sure that the rule is observed. And also, when the mother adopts a rule, the father should not veto that rule. And this is a drastic mistake. Sometime a mother says, you cannot do that, you cannot sit here, you cannot go outside. And the child runs to his father, daddy, daddy, father, baba, baba, my mother told me not to do this, my mother told me not to do that. 
And if the father is not careful to say the least, he might say, well, don't worry about her. Do what I ever told you to do, and don't worry about anything else. That is a drastic mistake, because that teaches the child not to respect and obey his mother. So both the father and the mother must work together in the family. Role number two, you are nurturing coordinator. And you are responsible for the spiritual nurturing and for the physical nurturing. The mother is the family's source of compassion and love. You, the mother, are responsible to nurture your family with love and compassion. You are responsible to nurture the relationships between your children and you are responsible to nurture the relationships between your children and their father. A mother with her compassion and love teaches her children to be compassionate, caring and loving children. A family that is afflicted with a mother that lacks compassion and love is a family that is prone to experience spiritual ruggedness. With love and compassion, the mother has the greatest influence in her family. You think you are the commander of believers? The mother with her love and compassion has the greatest influence in her family. With her love and compassion, she can influence her children, and I would not say manipulate, but she can influence her husband. So love and compassion are very important and useful ingredients to the family mix. The mother with her love and compassion sets the tone in the household. You mother are responsible to set the tone in the household. Your wives set the tone in the household. When the mother speaks in an irritated voice, when the mother speaks in an angry voice, when the mother speaks in an impatient voice, the tone and the mood of the household should be and shall be a tone of aggravation, irritation and anger. But when the mother speaks to her children with a loving, caring, compassionate voice, she sets the mood in the household to be the mood of friendliness, happiness, and good companionship. So this is one of your roles, and this is a very important role. And you as a mother is responsible for the physical nurturing of your family. Mothers are responsible to physically nurture their children healthy meals. Cook for your family that which is healthy. For the people to look at the Muslim family and think, what do they eat? How come they all are healthy and in good shape and other families from other religions? They're not like that. So you can make a difference by cooking to your family healthy meal that keeps them healthy and keeps them, you know, energized. So this is how you physically nurture your family. An aspect of that, that mothers have the duty to breastfeed their babies. And this is a duty neglected by many mothers and fathers too. 
who allow mothers not to breastfeed their children. Listen, it's not a valid excuse for a mother to suspend her duty to nurse her children on grounds that she needs to continue her education, or she wants time for herself, or she wants to go back to work, or she wants to visit her friends, or she wants to spend time away from the child. Nursing is a very demanding work. Therefore, neglectful mothers choose to give the children the bottle that lasts the child for few hours instead of nursing the child every half of an hour. The milk of the bottle is very convenient. It makes the child sleep for three or four hours at a time and the mother then will have the opportunity to go to the mall for fun. See, an alarm went on when I said that. <laughs> then the mother will have the ability to leave the child with the father as she goes to the mall and the mall is an evil place just to go for fun. You know that? A mall is an evil place just to go for fun. If you need something, you go to the mall, but it's not a hangout place. It's the place where the demon centers his activities. Or she goes to visit her friends. There is something wrong with that picture. There is something wrong when we see a father with a three-month-old giving him milk from the bottle and the mother is at the mall and I have seen that in my own eyes. So, well, nursing is very demanding. It's your duty to breastfeed your child. But unfortunately, we fall in the trap that people set up for us. Some say, Scientific studies say that the milk of the mother is not healthy enough for the child. Go to the doctor and they tell you, well, only nurse for six months. And maybe you need to uh, compensate or to substitute or to add to that something else for the nourishment of the baby. They do that, they say that. And some people say, well, the mother's milk is not healthy enough or does not have enough nourishments. Therefore, we need to substitute it with something else. And this is a plot against society. We say, subhanAllah, did Allah create us with deficiencies? All those children since Adam until now are malnourished and now we're gonna nourish the children the appropriate milk by replacing the genuine milk with the artificial product? We should be very careful, but they make this an issue in order to convince mothers not to nurse their babies because we're going to see at the end they want both parents to work. It's a plot. You need to be aware of it. And when a mother is breastfeeding, a mother is not only nursing the child, she is nursing the child love and affection. She is developing her bond with her child. And the child is developing a bond with her. So this is a very important role for mothers. Role number three, you are an environmental engineer. Make sure that your house is a healthy environment for your family. 
Make out of your house a place that is clean, a place that is organized, a place that is filled with good emotions and good feelings. In that environment a child can be raised for goodness. But when the house is a filthy and a dirty place, lacking tidiness and organization, raising children to appreciate cleanliness, goodness and organization becomes an impossible task. So a mother is responsible to make sure that her house is a clean, organized and a healthy environment for her children. Some mothers go to extreme and they want to make out of their house something that is spiky clean. Everything has to be cleaned. Every corner, every wall, every ceiling, every fan. And you know that is not possible if you have four children or five children or three children. So you need to be realistic. And also some mothers go to extreme and they want to make out of their homes museums. So some mothers want to make out of their homes something that's spiky clean, every little corner, and some women want to make out of their home museums. There's a vase here, and there's a vase there, and there's a picture here, and there's a picture there, and the child has to tiptoe as he is walking. Oh no, don't go over there! There's a vase that costs us $200. And do not go over there! I got this from a garage sale for $5, but it's worth $200. do not walk over there. And the child feels he is in, a muse- is in a museum. Do you think this is a healthy environment for the child? It's not. The child will dislike the house and prefer to go somewhere else. So you need to make your home a practical place for everybody. And you know I say it's a sin upon mothers to work outside their homes and ignore their homes. Sometimes a mother needs to work because her work is very needed in the community. And sometimes a mother needs to work to provide for her family. Yes. But the norm is the father is the provider. But some want to convince the society that a family cannot make it with one parent working. Both have to work to make enough money to have three cars, a boat and take two vacations each year. And our society greatly suffers from this trend. The society suffers from motherless America that produces children with so many psychological diseases that put the whole society at dis-ease. And you Muslim mothers, I want you to write that down, you Muslim mothers must show the society the Islamic alternative of moral excellence and great family values. Not the other way around when the Muslim mother falls in the trap of believing that she has to be a working mother in order to raise the family income. What benefits do we get by raising the family income and lowering the family values and standards? Do you know 
that there are over 2,000 homosexuals organizations in middle and high school promoting their filth and defending their so-called rights. Yet many qualified mothers send their children to that environment on grounds that there are no alternatives. Well, I tell you, alternatives are made, not granted. You make the alternatives. Mothers need to brush laziness off their shoulders and strive to learn their deen with earnest dedication to be worthy of the title mother. One poet said, The mother is a school when trained, she trains a nation to be of moral excellence. I'm going to share with you that what one daughter said about learning from her mother. She said, my mother taught me about genetics. She says to me, you are just like your father. And she said, my mother taught me about roots. She says to me, do you think you are born in a barn? And my mother taught me about anticipation. Just wait until your father gets home. And my mother taught me about receiving. You are going to get it when we get home. And my mother taught me about devotion. Pray that this stain will come out of the carpet. And my mother taught me about justice. I hope you will have children just like you. <laughs> so a mother is a great teacher. Role number four, you are coordinator of organization. The child needs to experience order in his life. Children are chaotic and disorganized, and you know that. The child that has a disorganized room, disorganized book, chaotic environment, tend to waste time, waste energy looking for things, getting upset, getting irritated, because everything is disorganized. But the child does not know how to organize. You, the mother, have to step in and organize the child's life and teach him how to be organized in order to save time, to save energy, and for him or her to acquire a sense of calmness. You need to put your children on a schedule. Do not let them wake up whenever and go to sleep whenever and eat whenever and take a break whenever. You need to put them on a schedule. That is very important. And if you see yourself, you yourself wasting time, spinning your wheels and not getting things done, I suggest for you to go to your local library and check some books and read some books about home organization. They are very beneficial. Role number five, you are solacing and encouraging experts. The mother has to fulfill the role of a solacer. She needs to solace her children with her love and compassion because she is the source of love and compassion. And you know that children are very much willing and wanting to win the appreciation of their mothers. So the mother is the one who encourages her children and solaces her children when they fail or when they do not attain their goals. This quality is very important that the Prophet ﷺ said, Marry the woman who has the quality of solacing. Who solaces not only her children, but she solaces her children and her husband. And her husband has to solace her. 
Because they work together as a team. Remember that. Role number six, you are teacher and trainer in the field of human development. Mothers are responsible to teach their children great values, good values, good manners, and good traits. Even though this is the responsibility of the father, and it's also the responsibility of the mother. And the mother is responsible to teach her daughter how to be a good wife. Just like the father has to teach his son how to be a good husband, a person who respects and honor his wife and deal with her and treat her with dignity and honor, also the mother has to teach her daughter how to be a good wife. I'm going to share with you or to read with you a statement that was said by a woman named Umama bint al-Harith to, his, to her daughter, who was about to get married. So this statement is said by a woman named Umana bint al-Harith to her daughter who was about to get married. And this statement is pre-Islam, before Islam. Okay? It may sound very old-fashioned to you. It's before Islam. She said, You are departing from the house in which you are raised and the nest which you are familiar with to a man that you do not know and a companion that you are not familiar with. So be for him a servant, for him to be for you a slave. Preserve ten qualities for him to be there for you. The first and the second. Be submissive and content and listen and obey what he says. Very old fashioned. The third and the fourth, be careful of what he sees of you and what he smells of you. So he does not see of you anything that is unattractive and he smells of you only good odors and smells. The fifth and the sixth, be careful of the timing of his eating and the timing of his sleep. Because when the husband does not find his food, he gets upset. And when he cannot sleep, he gets agitated. The seventh and the eighth, be careful with his wealth and his belonging by proper measurement and proper management. The ninth and the tenth, do not disobey his command and do not spread his secrets. Because if you disobey his commands, he harbors ill feelings. And if you spread his secrets, he will turn against you. And do not gloat, do not gloat when he is depressed. And when he is happy and delighted, do not show depression. Those were her advice to her daughter. So what is your advice to your daughter? But you know, this is very old-fashioned. I want to read to you the Good Wife Guide that was published in Housekeeping Monthly, the edition of May 13, 1955. 1955. Look what it says. It says, Have dinner ready, plan ahead, even the night before. Prepare yourself, 
take 15 minutes to rest so you will be refreshed when he arrives. Be a little gay and a little more interesting for him. They used the term gay before the term was defiled by its current use. And then it says, serve him a cold drink or a warm drink. Never complain if he comes home late or goes out to dinner. Do not question him. And it says, remember, he is the master of the house. And fluff up his pillow. That was mentioned. <laughs> I'm reading to you from Housekeeping Magazine, edition May 13, 1955. I mean, I'm amazed. We have come very far from this old-fashioned standard. Even it says here something that is very embarrassing. It says, take off his shoes. Speak in a low, soothing, and a pleasant voice. I mean, that was here, and published in 1955. But you know what? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants both of them to treat each other with respect and dignity and to be a good companion for each other. And I know many men are susceptible to have big heads when they read this information. So to resize our heads to a normal size, I want to share with you a hadith. It's narrated by Imam Bukhari. And in Aswad, a person by the name of Al-Aswad, he said, سألت عائشة ما كان النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم يصنع في بيته قالت كان يكون في مهنة أهله دعني خدمة أهله فإذا حضرت الصلاة خرج إلى الصلاة A man by the name of Al-Aswad asked Aisha what did the Prophet used to do when he was home? I mean, did he sit around ordering Aisha? Hey, give me some water. Hey, polish my shoes. Hey, do this. Hey, do that. No, the Prophet ﷺ was not like that. She said, he used to be in the service of his wife. When the Salah, his family, the family, Ahl, refers to wife. And when the Salah comes, he would leave for the Salah. So, there are some things for you as a husband to do, and there are things for you as a wife to do, and each one of you has to know what Allah designed you to do in order to have a healthy home to raise your children in a healthy environment. Role number seven, you are teacher by modeling. Mothers, you have to be a good example for your children and you do that through acquiring the knowledge in the religion that gives you the nutrients you need to grow in Iman and Taqwa. I mean, use every opportunity you have to read and to increase in knowledge. You know, when I travel to you over here, usually I take a book with me to read on the airplane. You know why? Do you know why? Huh? For that and for me to get a higher education. Because I am in the airplane. <laughs> So you need to get a higher education. If you are flying, read a book, and you can say, I got higher education. (laughs) 
And here I would like to address an issue that for some is a sensitive one. And that is the hijab issue. When a woman does not wear her hijab and she goes outside with her hair showing and her neck showing and her arm showing, you know what she does to her children? She removes jealousy from her children. A child raised up with deficiencies in jealousy tends to care less about the hijab issue. And in time, and that does not have to happen in one generation, vile practices become widespread in a society due to the deficiency in jealousy. And that starts when a mother trains her child not to care when she leaves the house without proper dress code. So now mothers, if somebody asks you, what do you do? Do not say, I am a homemaker. That does not sound fancy. You can say, I am an interior minister. I am a nurturing coordinator. I am an environmental engineer. I am a coordinator of organization. I am a solacing and an encouraging expert. That sounds very fancy. Training and teacher. I am a teacher and a trainer in the field of human development. I am a teacher by modeling. Anyone would think that you are a six-figure paid corporate executive. But I am sure when you live up to your responsibilities as a mother, you get more good rewards from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So when the father lives up to his responsibilities, and when the mother lives up to her responsibilities, and they both work together to satisfy the child's psychological and physical needs, with the efforts of fostering, caring, correcting, monitoring, training, and modifying, and nurturing, focus on the child's faith. Knowing that faith shapes the behavior, the desired result is to have grown-ups who take Prophet Muhammad as their role model because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, certainly you have in Allah's Messenger an excellent example for him or for he, for her, who hopes in Allah at the latter day and remembers Allah much. And now we are ready for the fourth quiz. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabina Muhammad.